when you're betting hockey, when you're betting the NHL, are you using advanced stats? If not, you should be. trying to help we're trying to give you something and we figure people keep coming back if you keep giving them stuff and so what we're trying to give you in this episode we're reviewing the basics the basics for the learner for the developing sports better b-e-t-t-o-r if you want to learn how to apply knowledge and apply existing information to your bet and you can still fold in that narrative piece that you like that little gut feel element that is always interesting to consider but Hey man, if there's something that you can take advantage of, or if there's a site you can go to or something you can read that provides you with advanced stat analysis, don't you want that? I think you do. So we've got it all here for you. But first, John, how are you? Where can people find the show? Can you tell the good people? We're on iHeart and we're on Amazon. What do they do when they go to their favorite uh, podcast directory, John? What should they do? They should smash the subscribe yeah, button. Love it. Smash. It's very dynamic, very kinetic. See how it's, it's so see how organized Matt is compared to me. Eh? He knows all this information and I just uh, I'm just the clown that sort of says, ah, uh, we're you can just find us somewhere, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you just the simpler way you go, wherever you get your podcast, that's what people know already. So we've got to give them some credit. We have a smart audience, John. We have a yeah, smart, sophisticated, knowledgeable audience. And we but we do wanna have a discussion to as I said, maybe just refreshing our understanding of some of the advanced stats relating to hockey betting let's do it john go ahead what are the top three that come to mind for you when you think about uh useful stats predictive stats Mm -hmm. that you can look to before you place a wager on a hockey game it's more than just refighting the plains of abraham abraham when the leafs and the canadians get out there there's other things you want to think about not just french versus english from the uh, 1700s or whatever right well i think i think there's 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 two sort of strains of thought i think that's important one, there's a, simply a data-based sort of uh, explanation or, or predictive process that one goes through, or a narrative one, right? And both are very sort of valued in some way. And, and when, it comes to, when it comes to the narrative, I think you have to sort of apply a certain data point to, uh, to, to one's narrative. And that's the reference you make about the French versus English kind of point, you know? It's good to talk about and good to have fun and, you know, teams are, you know, three games and four nights and kind of thing, but it all boils down to data in my estimation. Mm -hmm. And there's some real interesting uh, metrics out there that allow, allow hockey better to, to better assess a game. To me, there's only, there's four key ones and that's uh, expected goals, high danger chances, and ones that uh, others may like more, but Corsi and Fenwick. Those are the four that sort of are predictive analysis, predictive metrics that allow allow people to sort of analyze a hockey game and analyze something that they might uh, discuss in the future. Excellent. And we're going to get into those four uh, and try to get a, a more detailed, more granular look at each of those and how you can use them to uh, make a bet. Before we do that, John, remember when we talked in the Stanley Cup playoffs last year, June of 2021? In the playoffs, we had analyzed a uh, piece that we had seen. I think it was on the actionnetwork.com. 
uh, talking about the proclivity or the tendency for game sevens in the playoffs mm-hmm. to hit on the under because of certain factors. And so when you were just talking about the separate categories of sort of narrative pieces to consider versus statistical or just pure objective data reference points that you can apply to a bet, there, that line tends to blur almost at times. Maybe not technically, but conceptually it sort of does, right? Because you mm-hmm. think like, yeah, it's game seven, they're at home. Is that, I don't know, is that narrative? Is that data? And then I guess technically it is data at the end of the day, but it feels a little more narrative or more emotion-based. But remember some of the factors were just, yeah, how much lower the rate of penalty calls was by referees. So the swallowing the whistle, we like to say, hmm. because of the importance of the game, is it because of the style of play in a game seven? Or is it because of the stakes, the calling of a penalty and the awarding of a power play just has much bigger consequences or implications and could end one team season and extend the other team season and uh, so fewer power play opportunities means fewer goals means uh, probably hitting on the under in a game seven and there was historical evidence of the the under coming in a disproportionately high percentage of the time right and and the best part about it is that it actually hit right <laughs> you know like wow yes. we did all this work we analyzed this this game because of all this stuff and it actually came out to be, I think, was it 2 nothing or something like that? Whatever mm-hmm. it was, it was under, anyways, as a result. We like that one, though, because it, it's not fluky, right? No. Like, it's a good illustration of the value of this uh, more advanced analysis, and it makes perfect sense. We've watched it since we were three years old, right? Mm-hmm. And w- you and I know. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of Game 7s that are 7-6? Like, no. The point is, uh, it's interesting to break that stuff down and look if there's a, an ability to be more accurate in your prediction based on this information. It makes you feel a little more confident about your bet and the direction you're heading. So... With that, let's turn to Corsi. Hmm. Uh, I don't know where the word Corsi comes from, John. Do you know? Is it I an do. acronym? It's a, it's, he's a, he's a, um, a backup goaltender. All right, there you go. So Corsi is, so any shot attempt at five on five, uh, if you shoot the puck towards the net, it's a Corsi four. So you think about plus minus concepts, but so that's a Corsi for your team, any shot attempt. If the other team shoots towards your net, doesn't have to be on net, et cetera. We'll get into that. But a, a shot attempt. So not a successful shot. A shot attempt. If the other team does it, that's a Corsi against. So it gives you a picture of, of puck possession during a game. Obviously, you need to have the puck to shoot it. So it, it is a reflection of that piece of the game. But Corsi for percentage is just the difference between Corsi events for and against uh, represented as a percentage. So, so, the diff- so if your team has a Corsi for percentage above 50%, then it's been controlling the action more often than not. So like your 60-40 is probably more useful. So we say if I'm above 50, that means I arguably, mm-hmm. for the sake of discussion, carried the play. I was shooting on your net more than you were shooting on mine, which is always a good thing. If I'm <laughs> shooting on your net, right. you're probably not scoring on me, right? Unless things... So, so, But obviously, as we've all thought about already, uh, a problem with Corsi is it doesn't evaluate good scoring chances created or allowed. So a bogus shot from center just clearing it in that lands on your net or anything from the blue a wrist shot from the blue line has the same value as a slot uh, opportunity on a rebound so that doesn't quite make sense if you're looking to use predictive analysis for how a game's going to turn out uh just while we're here fenwick is also uh, almost exactly the same as corsi except it doesn't count blocked shots so usually corsi four percentage and fenwick four percentage are uh, kind of indistinguishable, interchangeable. A couple other notes here. Shot attempts, uh, as we said, does not just mean shots on goal. It counts. So, of course, he counts uh, missed shots and block, block shots as well, as we said. So any just an attempt to shoot it is, of course, he four. Uh, and then the other piece that you'll see in the discussion, and you can elaborate on it, is adjustments for score. 
can affect the reliability of this metric. So a team that's trailing three nothing will naturally pick up the pace, uh, while a team that's up five nothing will probably shut down. So they won't be as offensive or as aggressive or nice. trying to get into the offensive end and pepper as many shots as they can if they're up five nothing, right? They want to control the puck. Slow things down if they can. So when we call that adjusting for score, and it gives us a better idea of the true performance level or talent level, I guess, of a team. So then, John, if it's so simple, simplistic, if it just is any attempt to shoot the buck, then why is it such a key element of advanced stats? It's because the goal of using stats in hockey is to, of course, better predict what's going to happen next, specifically which teams are likely to outscore their opponents uh, and win more games in the future. But the key finding with regards to Corsi was that shot attempt differential, uh, both on the team and the player level, does a, actually does a better job of predicting future goal differential than past goal differential. So instead of just looking back, Leafs 1-2-1, it's not as accurate or as useful of a predictor than yep. the Corsi differential that we just described. Right. So simply, simply that was, that was a, a really sharp way of looking at a way of looking at a hockey more detailed game. than we usually use, right? Yeah. Right. No, no. That, but I think I think it's important for the developing sports better that one looks at forensically at the way right. to analyze a hockey game. Listen, we have grown up on hockey all of our lives. We can watch a hockey game and analyze it. All right. We can see what team is better than the other. You're not going to watch every game, so we just go to the data and it allows us to sort of be able to get a picture of what's happening. I, th- I think it's important to see that that one team is better than another on a particular night, all right, in, 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 in the retro. So you have to think, well, how is it going to work out in the future? And while it doesn't always look like that in the future, it gives you a better idea about how it's going to look. The delta between how that team is going to play and their odds on winning that game is perhaps the most important thing that one has to discuss as part of the package. Yep. Right? Like if a team has a strong Corsi for or, or, or a bad Fenwick against, you, you analyze that in a way that sort of says, oh, now they're a big favorite because they've got a Corsi 4 number that's over 50%. No, but you apply that in the same way as in, in, in analyzing a game. You have to do it that way. Listen, I can, you know, last year, Tampa Bay against Detroit, that that's, that's, doesn't matter what the Corsi for or the Fenwick against is, but with the point spread or the, or the money line, you can see the dramatic difference of what value is. So, um, is, is that somewhat clear? I think. I think that's. Yeah. Let me. Yeah. Let me. Let me break this down for you. Got a yeah. note here, John. So uh, we were looking at national. You've referenced these many times, but uh, like natural stat trick has a lot of information yeah. on this and defines all these terms. But here's an example, sort of breaking it down. So assume, and and really the the delta you reminded me, the, the real. Uh, if you want to get all the way down to the base, it's it's that identifying value where there's a difference in performance or rather outcome, not performance, outcome. Mm-hmm. So someone won, lost the game, won nothing, even though their Corsi 4 was 90% or something. I mean, it's exaggeration, but they mm-hmm. may have carried the play and dominated the game in every aspect and still, for reasons beyond their control, may have lost one nothing. So does that mean going forward, the two teams play again, the team that won one nothing is the favorite again? No. I mean, there's more to look at, and this is what you want to look at to uh, identify value. And sometimes that 
uh, value that's described by a sports book when they're creating a money line on a game, or uh, it would usually be money line with uh, NHL, John. Them, absolutely. And they would not be considering all these factors. And so, so by way of example, assume after 20 games, along those lines, so playing that out, after 20 games, a team is plus 50 in shot attempt differential at even strength, but has been, out, been outscored by 10 goals during the same stretch. So sort of what I was just talking about. So they're losing the goal battle, so their record's not good, and, and then they're losing games, and experts are already beginning to write them off. But by using this information, it has shown that they are more likely to have a positive goal differential, i.e. win games, in the next 60 games uh, due to their ability to drive play, to carry play, and to uh, get offensive opportunities. And it's unlikely that they're going to repeat these bad goal-based results, which turn into wins and losses, unfortunately, for them, mm -hmm. uh, simply because they struggled in that area over a 20-game stretch. So we've talked about the Twitter site, uh, our Twitter handle, hockey is the most luck-based sport, but this is where we're trying to take some of that, some of those bounces and some of that misfortune and things that you can't really predict, uh, That because it is such a fast bang-bang sport. But if you're being more analytical and looking behind the result and understanding what opportunities are actually created during a game and how that may be informative of how things are going to play out in the future. So a player with a great, we talk about plus minus generally, John, which is not a very useful stat for a lot of reasons, for the same reasons we're talking about a lot of the time. But so traditional plus minus is, can be misleading mm -hmm. so someone can have a uh, great plus minus but a terrible Corsi and they would be generally expected to regress in the future uh, a player can only survive being buried in a shot differential by Corsi for so long before the goal battle starts being lost mm -hmm. conversely a player with a, a weak traditional plus minus but a great Corsi would be expected to progress in the future and have better outcomes over time so it makes more sense when we start framing it that way right yeah so a team dominates on the Corsi and the Fenwick, but loses, it can be expected to play better in the future because of those sort of possession-based and, and, and shot-based metrics. I, th I think that's somewhat mm -hmm. fundamental to mm -hmm. the audience. I think yeah. that, you know? Yeah. So let's keep like, going. Go ahead. I just it, yeah, let's keep going with that. So we say, So, but the obvious thing, as we say, is not all shot attempts are created equal. So... So how do we get past that and how do we differentiate? Uh, it's not, it doesn't seem like a straight correlation. If I'm getting more shots, then that means we uh, are going to win. It needs, they need to be quality shot attempts. So what do we look to? We think about things like expected goals is the other metric, right, John? And it, that is an attempt to account for exactly that. So sh all shot attempts are not created equal. Here comes the expected goals metric. So obviously a rebound opportunity in front of the net has a much higher chance of going in the net than a wrist shot from a weak wrist shot from the blue line. And so models where we calculate XG weigh each unblocked shot for a number of factors. So shot location is the main one, which makes sense. If it's right in front of the net or in the slot, that's important. Mm -hmm. But the models also recognize events like rebounds and rush chances because those uh, have historically resulted in higher percentage of scores, goals being converted from those attempts. And then all it does is it assigns a value to each of those shots. So based on the location and the scenario that I just described, so it gives an actual number value to each of those different shots based on the likelihood, as I said, of that shot returning, uh, resulting in a goal. So a point shot, so from the blue line, may have an XG expected goal value of 0 0.02, while a rebound chance directly in front of the goalie uh, might be worth 0 0.4. So 0 0.02 versus 0 0.4. So obviously the one that's going to result in a goal much higher percentage of the time has is ascribed a higher value 
And then the sums, you add them all up, and the sum of those fractions uh, expected from unblocked shots it gives you your XG value. Right, John? That's and bang by, on, Matt. So we're accounting for the quality of the shot, and that kind of responds to the criticism of Corsi, which is that not all shots should be counted equally. The debate is, uh, which I found interesting, I was reading again on uh, on uh, Natural Stat Trick, they're talking about historically XG is not really necessarily a better predictor of outcome than Corsi, which is kind of counterintuitive, right? Mm-hmm. So what I've seen, and we've talked about, uh, or you were making the case earlier, John, that you have to sort of figure out what, what works for you and apply it and come mm-hmm. up with your own rationale. But putting the two together seems to uh, be a sound way to approach things from what I'm seeing. So using the two metrics, Corsi and XG in tandem, knowing that Corsi is more sort of territorial advantage and who's carrying the play and XG is describing more the shot quality battle and uh, who won that as well. And when you put the two together, it's pretty likely that you're going to get to the winner of the game more often than not. Right, John? So what do you think of that? That's uh, that's very well said. The, the, The key is what works for you. You have to come up with your own sort of process. There's literally, we've, we've, we've laid out a bunch of things here. Okay. You have to work with what works for you. I'm going to guide the uh, listeners, Matt, to a to a book that discusses expected goals. Okay, it's a book that I have. It's called The Expected Goals Philosophy. It's by an author named James Tippett. Okay, it's available on Amazon, but it's a it's it lays out what the expected goal and it's in soccer. Pardon me, just just so yeah. it's clear to everybody. It's a, it's it's based in soccer. Uh, application, but it works for certainly for territorial and in like soccer and hockey kind of kind of scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think it's really important to be able to read something like that for for those that are interested in in, in seeing like listen, I want a team that is playing well because they are getting scoring chances uh, by this method. For example, I want that to be hidden from somebody that <laughs> might think that one team is better than the other without an expected goals metric in place. <laughs> you know, Because so, that gives you your delta in the betting context, right? Bang on. Bang on. That's exactly what I'm saying. So I'm saying, okay, so I've got a uh, Vegas. Vegas played St. Louis last night, okay? Mm. So, uh, and, and St. Louis won 5-2. I look at the I look at the at the at the metrics that you've cited, Corsi, Fenwick, high danger chances and expected goals. Okay, and just let's look at expected goals. St. Louis won five two. Okay. The expected goals five on five was two point three six for Vegas, one point nine five for St. Louis. How did they win five two? Right? They won 5-2 because of other factors, maybe perhaps some power play, and, and I'm not even don't even have to explain why they 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 won the game, but they weren't as good on the expected goals uh, scale. So what I'm looking for now is they're saying, okay, St. Louis is so much better than Vegas, but they're 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 falsely better. So I'm looking for an opportunity to bet against St. Louis next time because they're not as good. Yeah. To the market, to, to me, they're not as good. The marketplace may think they're better because they whipped up on on Vegas, and vice versa. They're saying, "Oh my God, Vegas is down for a bunch of reasons." Well, no, I don't think they're down because of a bunch of reasons because they've got this expected goals metric that so, was better than St. Louis, and maybe there was a series of them which it makes it, it makes it even better, and look for opportunities to be on them. 
because the marketplace won't be as strong on them. That's the fundamental to me, Matt. Yeah, that's well said. And uh, so just let's stay on that for a sec. So yep. I think I've called up maybe the same thing you're looking at mm-hmm. now since you mentioned it on Natural Stat Trick. I'm looking at Vegas Golden Knights, St. Louis Blues. And as you said, the Blues won 5-2. But if we look at their expected, expected goals for percentage, total for the game so it's broken down by period but the total for the game i'm seeing 45.14 percent is that what you're seeing john uh yes okay and so that gives the knights the edge obviously close to 55 percent uh still lost 5-2 what are the other pieces there john so high danger chances for percentage again knights had a 58 to 42 uh close uh, approximately Mm -hmm. advantage and uh so the public or how would you describe it the less sharp what would you call them? I mean, the, 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 just, the, just the betters in general, the marketplace. <laughs> okay. The marketplace. Would maybe not appreciate that the score belies the actual uh, opportunities in the game and who carried the play and who had the better chances is, is your point yep. that you explained really well. So the marketplace, the marketplace thinks that Vegas wasn't as good as St. Louis. Yeah. And they weren't. And they weren't because of the, because of the, because of the, because of the, of the loss. But you go inside the metrics and say, they kind of, dominated play or, or didn't dominate play they were better than st louis they got unlucky ran into a hot goaltender yada 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 you you mean all those fundamentals that we know what what we're trying to say here is that let's look next time we didn't bet this game so who cares so let me but pause you there john yeah. if i can because that's yeah. where i want to take you after after this go. one last thing and then we're going to do exactly that okay, okay? we're going to take what we're talking about and apply it to a game for whenever you want your, yeah. your choice yeah. two games yeah. okay so I don't uh, fully understand, so this isn't just me uh, being rhetorical, but difference between expected goals and the analysis we just talked about. So you're trying to ascribe a value to better, a higher value uh, point-wise to better scoring chances depending on where the shot comes from and whether it's a rebound or a rush or what have you, and that's each of those is, improves the value of the score versus high danger scoring chances, which seem very similar. Mm-hmm. So what are are they effectively synonymous, or I mean, I know there's different slight calculations, but how are they used on a practical level? How do you use them differently? Yeah, you mean I? I it's just a confirmation for me. They so are is, they are synonymous. Okay. Yeah, it's just making sure and saying like, am I seeing? Am I thinking that this is what what it was? Mm-hmm. Like I have to I have to look into a game that shows that they're dramatically different. Let's say there's a team with high expected goals and and low high danger chances. That that sort of seems funny to me, and how can that have been right? Kind of thing. So, um, I, I yeah, yeah that's like, helpful. Okay, so right. yeah, but you're so what I'm getting from you, mm-hmm. if a one loss record, this is real real high. Let's take it back up to the top now, yep. <laughs> to the basic yep. level. If a one loss record doesn't reflect actual performance, these measures, high danger scoring chances, Fenwick, uh, Corsi, Corsi, and expected goals. Yep. These can help you. This set of advanced stats provide a more reliable predictor of future outcomes than just looking at the one loss record. Really, that's the delta that we're talking about, right? The differentiation. Yeah. So, all right. So, we've got, let's, so go take it away, John. How would you yep. use these, any one or all four, or whatever you want to do on an upcoming game? Okay. So, I've got a, I, I, what I'll do is for the, for the listener, I'm going to do it a different way just so. We're, so it gets people started on this thinking, okay? I'm not going to go into my Perfect. process because I think that's, like, I look at individual player expected goals. Like, I mean, who's nobody's going to do that unless they're, unless they really want to get into it. But then I would suggest reading something like expected goals. Well, let's goals start, philosophy. yeah, start with the simple part. Yeah, let's start, let's start. So yeah. what I would do is in, there's, there's, uh, there's uh, four games tonight. Okay, so um, what what I would do is just look at a team that 
looks like they have got a high expected goals. They've had a high expected goal season compared to what they what what their actual record is. Okay, so for example, we have Philadelphia and Tampa Bay tonight. All right, so mm-hmm. I've got the expected goals as Tampa Bay having a higher expected goals number than. Than, than Philadelphia, okay? And that's just based on some of, the, you go to Natural Stat Trick or Money Puck or any one of these sort of analytic sites, and they give you this information. They tell you what their expected goals have been on the season. Some of them even give you previews of the individual games mm-hmm. so you can see what they are against one another, right? So just look at that stat, okay? I happen to look at five on five because I want some... I want some even playing field. I can't control. We can't control. <laughs> None of the players can, the the, uh, the the betters can control what kind of power play situations are going to be. And it's a perhaps a flaw, but I'm not predicting power play opportunities. All right. So if, we, so if we're trying to look at a team, can we use our Leafs? Is that too homerish of us? Okay. So you want to take us through some of the, just their numbers and how they're generally, how they're arrived at. Okay. So they, what do they average them over the games, or how does it work? Yeah, so, for so like that's expected their whole, goal. That's their whole season. Yeah. Okay. So the, it, it, let's uh, let's rank them. Okay. So we got expected goals for percentage. That's a sort of an under an understood metric, right? Look Ex- at lo and behold, who's in first place? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> very nice. So no, but no, I, I mean, this is uh, we talked about this in the last pod, right? Saying mm. like you asked a question, or maybe two pods ago, you asked who who I think is the best team. Yeah. And 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 it's and it's the Leafs mm. in current form are, are just in tremendous form because of this specific statistics expected goals for percentage, and if and if the Leafs weren't doing any, um, any kind of having any kind of quality play mat, I get it. What a stupid statistics! But they're playing well. They're winning games. They're they're they fine. The first six, eight, ten games they weren't playing well, but they are now, mm-hmm. and they lead the league. In expected goals for good stuff. So how's that? So is that what is that averaged over games? How does that work? The x x goal expected goals for percentage. Right. So it's the total expected goals for against versus the expected goals expected goals against for the entire season divided by the number of games that they've played. So it's not an average, or is that the same thing as an average of their number outcome for each game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not a good like question, it's. I mean, but. it's hard to. You mean an average within the game? An average within the game is hard to apply to the whole season so you have to pile it up through the whole season and then mm-hmm. divide by the number of games right okay so, sounds so, good yeah so they're of first course. at 56 yeah yeah so individual games it's important to look into that context too because where did this 56.02 come from well it came from half half the games earlier in the season yada 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 what's the recent form like one has to go through that process yeah. as and, well right? and what about strength of schedule and opponents and, and such right Absolutely. so that wouldn't be reflected here right Right, and, but, and that's the handicap that one must go through. But we're just starting here, yeah. so let's let's fool around. So, what are the other ones for the Leafs then? That we like the ones we just talked about. So, do they have high okay. danger and? Uh, okay, so let's see here. Four percentage. I see uh, there high danger chances. Uh, chances four. Okay, mm-hmm. the Leafs are down near in eleventh. The Tampa Bay Lightning high danger chances four fifty seven point five five percent. Corsi four percentage. They're in third place. And Fenwick four percentage. They are in 10th place. Okay, so they're a top, obviously a top third team in all of those factors, yep. clearly. So you take that, you're looking to bet a game. Yep. Let's get to a real-life example, Matt. Mm. 
Okay, so let's, again, we're trying to just be casual here, trying to sort of, we're not getting going to dive deep into it, but we see that the Leafs are very good on all of those individual factors. What about the team that they're playing, and this game is Wednesday night, all right, the Los Angeles Kings. How are they on all of these factors? Okay, Kings, blah, blah, blah. In 21st place on expected goals for percentage, okay? Uh, they're in 21st place. Now, are the Leafs... Are the Leafs okay? Let's just leave it at as expected goals for percentage, just for this. Yeah. For the so fifty six versus forty nine, effectively. Right. Yeah. Right. So now we all know we kind of see. You can look at the standings and see that the Leafs are better than Los Angeles based on a win loss record. Mm. But that the, the 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 delta is so so precise that one has to think. Okay. Yeah, they're the Leafs are better than Los Angeles, but based on the on the money line money line. Um, Odds, are they that much better? Do they deserve to be this minus 150 favorite on the road at Los Angeles based on this factor? Well, you can make your own calculation and say, okay, is a 56 expected goals for better than a 49 expected goals for? Yes, it is. Is it enough to overcome this minus 150 favorite status on the road? Well, I think, no, I don't think so. Then you have a bet on Los Angeles. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the process one must go through. Nice. Okay? Now, let's let's How about just like do Corsi 4 and uh exactly. and and high digit chances. Okay. Four. So we're going to Los Angeles. We got 53 for the Leafs on on Corsi 4 percentage. Okay. And Los Angeles is 51.86. Now, do we deserve do, do the Leafs deserve to be a minus 150 favorite? I'd say not just based on that sort of simple simple metric. Mm-hmm. Well, not then, a huge difference, yeah. All right, and then now all of a sudden you got to bet on the Kings based on their money line odds, plus 130 money line odds, very early odds, at home against a team that may not be as good as their record is because of their Corsi 4 percentage. Mm-hmm. Like right? it. Yep. Want to do one more Fenwick? Yeah. Let's do the High Fenwick, Fenwick 4, yep. Matt. Yeah, yeah, okay. do it. Just to, just to finish, off, finish yeah. off that part of it. And this is even a better. Look, this is even great. Mm. Toronto is 10th in, uh, in Fenwick 4, which is 52%. The Kings are above the the, the Leafs, fifty two point five. The the Leafs are at fifty two point two five. Los Angeles be, is better based on this metric, Fenwick four percentage, than the Leafs. Okay, so there you, you think all right? If Fenwick four is this predictive metric that we like, then being a plus one thirty dog, oh my god, it's like free money. You know, kind of thing, right? So if you're they're asking you to take it, right, right. They're, if you're a believer in Fenwick, then you, then how could you t- take it? Not take a team that's at home, and home. You, the discussion of how important home advantage is is a real one, but not for this conversation. The teams do better at home, clearly. Then then you have a bet as the Kings plus one thirty because of this season-long Fenwick 4 percentage number that we've just cited. Love it. Fenwick, as a reminder, I'm reminding myself, the same as Corsi, except it doesn't count blocked shots. So a shot attempt in Corsi includes those that are blocked. For Fenwick purposes, if a shot is blocked, uh, say a shot from the blue line and someone comes out and slides and defends it and uh, the shot doesn't get through, then that is not counted for Fenwick 4 percentages. How about the last one, John, since we covered all four? Mm -hmm. High danger chances comparison. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Los Angeles Kings. I think we uh, were piling up edges in favor of the Kings versus yeah. the money line <laughs> to, to this like point. It, yeah, <laughs> at home and everything else. So fifty-two point four six on the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Kings 
only 51.04. Oh, come on. It's almost the same. So there we go. Now mm. we, we've said, okay, we've got we've laid out these four metrics. The Kings are close enough to the to the to the Leafs on all of these metrics. Okay. They're the Leafs are better overall, but what is the great equalizer? That's the term that they use in sports birds betting world. Yeah. The great equalizer is the point spread. In this case, we have the money line. I don't want to spend 150 units with the Leafs that on a team that's perhaps not as not that much better than the Kings when I want to spend something like minus 110. So minus 150, that's absurd. But, and I appreciate that the Kings are not as good as the Leafs, but plus 130, they mm. should be like plus 100 or something mm. like that to yeah, me. I like it. Okay. Right? Good stuff, John. I like it. And uh, one thing I want to just interject, because as we all know, you're, you're repeatedly emphasizing the importance of having multiple factors that you consider that take you to a place with you, where you are comfortable and confident in your wager and the basis for your decision and so on. And so it's not just one factor, it's multiple, hopefully, and each of them strengthens the conviction that you have about the wager that you're going to place. So one more to throw on that pile. We talked about uh, not factoring in the strength of schedule, John, and one that is available that is useful is the relative power index on ESPN. So what this does is just it includes exactly that sort of strength of schedule or opponent, the quality of your opponent and the strength of your opponent and how that maybe has impacted your one loss or just your overall performance and uh, the outcomes and may have skewed it a little bit if you weren't playing as strong as an opponent or if you were playing stronger opponents. So if you go to ESPN.com, you'll see there their RPI or relative power index. And the formula they use is, of course, one loss and uh, losses in overtime and so on. But then they say they've, to the actual calculus, 25 team, 25%, the team's winning percentage. So that's self-explanatory. But then they also, 50% of it is the opponent's average winning percentage, right? So how strong the teams that you beat were. And 25%, sounds a little convoluted, but stay with me. 25%, the, your opponent's opponent's average winning percentage. So if your opponent has only played all uh, incredibly strong teams all year, the top five teams over and over, hypothetically, and so their, uh, their record is weak, that doesn't necessarily mean your opponent is weak. It might be because of their strength of schedule. So it makes sense, right? You can go down the uh, spiral here of trying to evaluate the strength of your opponent, but that's the calculus that they're applying. It works for them, and it has been effective in being predictive of outcomes at times. So if you want an easy reference point that includes strength of schedule and you can pile into the things that we were just running through, which were Corsi, Fenwick, high danger chances, and expected goals, then it takes you to a place where you might feel pretty comfortable or not about <laughs> yeah. a decision that you make. Yeah. So strength of schedule is a, is a, is a complicated thing. And, you know, ESPN, ha to your specific point, Matt, ESPN has their own method of doing that. Hockey is a long season. Everybody plays one another um, many times. And, um, and and I think that is, is, is very even when it comes to... Um, or, or not not as relatively important compared to something like a football or a college football, NFL football or a CFL or an NFL um, college football, it, because you're you're playing only X number of games. Hockey it uh, always evens out. Now that said, that's it's so important. You like if you you can go look at the bottom five teams on strength of schedule, 
and uh, and 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 see that that or top five teams, depending on <laughs> on your perspective, and see that some of those teams aren't as good as others, perhaps because of the way of the teams that they've been playing. Yeah, you got to factor in injuries, of course, right. and uh, upcoming schedule. Uh, travel is a big one we've talked about. Uh, time zone changes are not the easiest things to uh, deal yeah. with, and yeah. No, those are all those are all very important. But strength of schedule, keep that in mind. If they've if they've if they've piled up all these, you know, Fenwick four percentage numbers against weak teams, that doesn't have quite the same impact going forward. Quite, I think that's fundamental, right? Maybe not, but like if I mean, I'm not going to list off all the weak teams in the NHL. But if you've played Arizona five times in a row, and and all of a sudden you've got these dominant Fenwick four numbers. You're not going to, <laughs> you're not you're not going to value that as much when they all of a sudden have to play somebody like a Tampa Bay or whatever one of the top teams, Florida, mm-hmm. right? But you can't make it your individual things, individual metric that says I want to play this team because they've dominated in Fenwick four percentage against weak teams. Or, or vice versa, yeah. frankly. Do you want to throw out a couple more, John, in terms of uh, places that you refer to if you want this type of information? So you mentioned, we mentioned Natural Statric. You mentioned yeah. your book. Um, yeah. And where, where else do you look for this information? Because yeah. you don't want to bust out your calculator and your slide roll every time, right? If, if it's all there accessible on your laptop, tablet, whatever. Right. Where else do you look? Yeah, I mean, there's another one called uh, Money Puck. Right. That's another decent yeah, one. They've got a that. very sort of nice, uh, very smart sort of, a percentage chance winometer, I think it's called. How confident they are in a team in the way they're playing, and how it how it applies to games going forward. Um, so those, the, I'm a natural stat trick guy. I mean, it's just because it's there. Now, this is and this is an important point, Matt. You can look at these sites and view this information in real time. There is in-game opportunities when you look at these particular sites. Mm. You know, they say, okay, you've got a win percentage of a particular team because of their where they're they're playing in game, but if you're seeing or sensing something different or the odds aren't reflective in something like that, there's your opportunity to play. So um yeah, you could see sort of the game flow, and we talked about the territorial pieces of uh, puck control and offensive chances for one team versus the other. Of course, it could change period to period. The coach goes in in the intermission and kicks over the garbage can and <laughs> threatens everybody's career and so on. And but it also can create. But it's it's the perception by a book and the line they're putting out and adjusting through the game and how you're seeing things and comparing the two and identifying value you're comfortable with. Right? How, about, how about if your team is losing one nothing, but they're dominating in the right. Fenwick 4 percentage number? And the line hasn't been affected to reflect that. So your your team is, oh my God, my team is all of a sudden plus 200 because they're down one nothing, but they're dominating the game mm. based on these metrics that yeah. we've cited? Well, I think that sounds like a bet to me. <laughs> Time to pounce. Right? Yeah, I like it. Okay, John, what else for today? I think we think we've pretty much covered it. Anything else you so. want to hit for now? <laughs> that was a very, I think, important and involved um, conversation about how uh, how one goes about starting uh, starting to look at important metrics when it comes to hockey specifically, but all sports, really. It is, and uh, we, but we digress, John. So that was a great discussion. Let's uh, let's take it out there. Remember, everyone, to have fun with your betting. Uh, think about some of the factors we just explained and discussed and uh, that I'm learning about. Uh, remember to be responsible, right, John? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, this is we're just being entertaining here, and uh, it's just meant to feed your excitement and, 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 and such. Like, you know, nobody's, nobody's making their million dollars doing this. 
yeah, have fun with it. It's about value for your entertainment dollar. You can spend it in a bunch of different ways. And uh, if you're enhancing your fan experience as a sports fan and it's more enjoyable and exciting and you're enthralled with every single development in the game, as a result of a few bucks right. you placed on OLG Proline or whatever it's called, Proline Plus John or whatever it's called, uh, then that's what's wrong with that, right? That's fun. That's, We're all enjoying it. It's the whole thing. And you're doing it with friends, perhaps, and yucking it up. Oh, it's just great fun and uh, something I enjoy doing. Yeah, well said. Okay, man, thanks for the discussion. Thank you, man. That was great. I loved that. That was fun. Talk to you later in the week.